Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Father, we're thankful for today. We're thankful that we have this time, this opportunity to come, to listen, to receive, to honor you. And Lord, we thank you, ask you for your wisdom, for your anointing, for your grace, that we may present your word clearly. We can have greater understanding because this is what changes us and changes our lives. Father, thank you for every person that's here. Thank you for your love for them and your plans for them, that they're good. And so thank you that you continue to reveal light to us. We give you all the praise. We receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We've been doing, a, a, I kind of got stuck on just a little uh, Proverbs 3 called the knots of Proverbs 3. Talked about some of these verses that had knots in them. And, and today I want to do this one, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. That's a good, that's a good verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So let's talk a little bit about trusting in the Lord with all your heart. Trusting in the Lord is, is going to be directly connected to trusting in his words. In Romans, the 10th chapter, verse 17, Paul was writing, he said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes. Now, you say, well, sometimes people like to get, start dissecting faith and trust. You don't have to dissect faith and trust. If you look up the word faith in, in the Psalms, you don't see it. You see trust about, or some form of trust about 74 times. And so that word trust and putting our trust that's a word you're going to see. But, but faith, God's word becomes the basis of our trust. Faith comes by hearing. You could say trust comes by hearing. And so we, we begin to hear. You can't separate God and his word. It would be like you coming to me and going, you know, Pastor John, I trust you, man. I trust you. I don't believe a word you say, but I trust you. <laughs> you think that, that wouldn't make any sense. If, if you trust me, then you trust I'm going to tell you the truth. You, you trust my words. You ever heard people say, well, you know, he'll rob you blind, but he's got a good heart. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he'll rob you blind. You don't have a good heart and rob somebody blind. And so the idea of, of our words and, and what we do being connected. And so we tell God, Lord, I, I trust you, I trust you but I don't believe your word. No, that, that, that doesn't make sense. Lord, I trust you, and your word causes me to trust. Faith comes by hearing. Trust comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So our, our trust in the Lord is a direct, directly related to his word in our life. This is, why, this is one of the reasons that I think sometimes people think that preachers get brownie points if the congregation reads the Bible. It's like when we get to heaven, we get to chalk up brownie points on how many people read the Bible. I don't get brownie points for reading the Bible. You get help from reading the Bible. It does something for you. It helps you to read the Bible. You say, well, you're really big on that. I'm very big on that. I get, and I, this, yeah, I'm real big on it because I know how much it will do for you and how much it will help you. And I know how much junk is out there in the world 
and I know how much negative stuff is out there in the world, I'm suggesting that you read something that puts something in you instead of something that takes something out of you. And the fear and the negativism that's out there, my goodness. But here's the thing. So trust in God is trusting in his word. I'm going to talk a little bit tonight about how we can grow in our trust. But here's, here's one of the things. We want to get to the place where we learn to trust for ourselves. In other words, you, you have your own trust-faith relationship with the Lord. There was a, a great story in the, in, the, uh, in the New Testament where Jesus has an interaction with a lady who's a Samaritan. Jesus was going through Samaria, and the Jews and the Samaritans did not like each other. They hated each other. They really did. They had religious differences. They had ethnic differences. They hated each other. And it, it was more than just like a friendly rivalry. It was an intense dislike. In fact, if you were a Jewish man and you were walking with your face toward Jerusalem, Samaritans were known, they would just turn their back. Just the ultimate rejection. I will just, oh, you're going toward Jerusalem? We're not, we're not going to do anything for you. They did that to Jesus. And so they, they didn't like each other. Jesus is going through Samaria and, and the disciples go into a town to buy some food. Jesus stays by the well. This is the classic woman by the well story. And this lady comes by the well. She comes late. She's probably not the most well-thought-of woman in town. She, she was the one where Jesus is talking to her, and yet Jesus reveals to her that he's the Messiah. Now, he didn't do that a lot. So here's this woman with a hungry heart you'd never thought. He said, go call your husband. She said, I don't have one. He said, you're right. You got five. You've had five. And the guy you're living with now is not your husband. He said it. I didn't, I didn't say it. <laughs> She, she runs back into town and, and she begins to talk to the people in town. And, and this is what happened. Many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed there two more days. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Now there's a real, there's a real good point here. Oftentimes we, we believe maybe because someone in our life has been influential and they've shared some things, and we believe because of what they've said. Where we want to get to is the place where we have our own relationship with the Lord and we don't believe because grandma said it or mom said it or dad said it or a pastor said it or someone you think a lot of said, we get to the place where we believe because we've heard him ourselves. And, that, and then that, that's our own trust. That's our own faith. As I was thinking about the scripture, I didn't have any intent to go this way. This came up in my heart. Parents of what I call second generation Christians. Some of you are the, are the ones who came to Christ first. My wife is one who came to, she was the first one to really, in her family, get born again. And the first one in her family. And so, there's something about the ones who pioneer something that's a little bit different. And if you, Joy, Joy was talking to our, our children one time, and one of the kids asked her about, you know, well, you, you know, mom, you, you, you never backslide. And, and Joy looked at him, she said, she said, you're right. She said, because, she said, because I remember how it was to be lost. She said, I, 
Joy has a real intense memory of the darkness and the negativity and the, and the fear that she felt being lost. And when she came to Christ, she was so excited and so thrilled. And oftentimes, that first generation that comes in is excited and is thrilled, and then we raise children, and we raise them in an environment that's much more Christian than the ones we grew up in. Anybody, you follow me on this? As parents of, of children, especially when you have children who grow up in a Christian environment, what, what this, the Samaritan said to this woman needs to become a reality in our children's life. That they believe not because dad believes, not because mom believes, it's because they've developed their own relationship with the Lord and they have heard him themselves and they trust in him, not because of what anyone else said, but because they have a relationship. Does that make sense? And so as a parent, I just want to encourage you parents, as a parent, it is really important that you begin to work with your child as they get old enough that, that they'll come in and go, hey, would you pray for me? And so I tell you what, I'm going to pray with you. Why don't you pray? And we start helping our children develop their own relationship so when they get out of our house and they go to college, and college is taken out about 75% of the Christian young people that show up. The numbers of Christian young people who fall away, raised in Christian homes, they go to college and fall away because you've got professors and you've got a real strong current in college that's anti-God. Not every college, but many. And so you've got that going. And you, so what's going to happen is all times these kids come home and they're like, well, you know, I don't know. And my professor says this and says that. Or they get out and they start hanging out with a group and no one loves God. Listen, while they're under your roof, help them develop their own relationship with the Lord. They need to hear themselves. Does that make sense? Because I, I as a pastor, I've been dismayed by watching so many parents say, my kids have turned away. My kids have gone away. And oftentimes, these are kids who've been raised in good homes. And they've been raised with good seeds been planted in them. And it's dismaying to a parent. But, here's, but listen, parents, if this is your kid, listen, don't you give up on them. You've, you've planted good seeds in them and you believe, God, you can send somebody to water those seeds. You can send somebody to stir that up. God, I believe you can still. You hold on. Nobody else maybe will hold on for your kids. You can hold on for your kids. If you've got little ones, start raising them up now that when you're older, God's got a plan for your life. You're going to serve him. You're going to follow him. What we do is important. And it gives us an opportunity to reach them. They need to hear for themselves and they need to develop a trust themselves at some point in time it can't be mama's God it's got to be their God and that's that's when it hits home so you say maybe you're saying how do I develop a greater trust in God there's a great there's a great process here in in Proverbs that I want to read to you Proverbs 22 17 through 19 and then we'll talk a little bit about this how can I develop a greater trust Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge. For it's a pleasant thing if you keep them within you, let them all be fixed upon your lips so that your trust may be in the Lord. I've instructed you today, even you. So let me give you some things that you can do, begin to do, 
to help you develop your own trust in the Lord and grow in your trust in the Lord. First one is said, incline your ear and hear. This is more than casual listening. This is more of a heart attitude than a physical act. This is a heart attitude about how do you hear God's word? How, is, it, is it something that you're like, yeah, I, I want to hear God's word. He said, incline your ear and hear. Jesus said something in Mark that was, that was really interesting. And, and you'll see this phrase used a couple of times. Mark 4, if you guys put that up. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Obviously, he's not talking about physical ears. He's not talking about a whole lot of people that had no ears on their head. He's, he, he, the, the, this is more of a hard attitude. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he said, take heed what you hear. Be careful what you hear. Well, another translation said, pay close attention to what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Now, would you leave it up there just for a moment? Anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. How many of you know you can hear and then you can hear? You know, that, that uh, have, you, have you ever just, never come to church and it's just been, it's been a week or a, one of those months and you're like, oh Lord, man, I'm coming to hear something today because I need some answers today. Lord, I need you to talk to me. I don't care where it comes from. You used a donkey, you can use Pastor Allen, but I need, I need, to, I need to hear something today. How many, of you know, how many of you know when you come in hungry, you usually walk out with something? When you, now, I'm talking to Wednesday night people. Y'all ought to be the ones going, that's right, that's us. We're, we're, we're your peoples. We know this. It's, isn't it true, though? You come, you come hungry or, or, or you come like, Is it church again? Okay, all right. What's he talking about? I don't know. He talked about something last week. I don't, I don't remember. Did he tell a joke? I don't remember if he told a joke or not. It wasn't that good. You come and go. You in for a long night. It's going to be a long night. In other words, how you hear determines if you get more. You can come in hungry. Or you can come in full. And the Bible says he sends the full away. If you're full, you're like, is he, in, is he about done? How long does he go? Oh, okay. He'll be done soon. He's pretty much like clockwork. He ends. He's not long. Praise God. Hallelujah. I, hey, listen. It, it, and here's the deal. It happens to all of us. When I was in Bible school, in the middle of the, of, of the middle of the year, man, we all came in so hungry. I, you didn't, if you were a professor in my Bible school, you didn't even have to hardly stand up and we would suck it out of you. We were just like. <laughs> <laughs> but about mid-year, we're kind of like, man, we've heard a lot. And I remember a, a professor going, you have to stir yourself up to hear. You have to pretty much make up your mind when you come in, I'm going to get something. And the attitude that we take towards God's word determines a lot of how we receive from it. If, you, if you're not interested, if this is boring to you, you, you might leave going, oh, that's nothing. If you come in going, I, I believe I'm going to receive something. Boy, you just opened up a whole lot to you. Jesus said, with what measure you use, it's measured to you. Boy, you, give up, you put a lot in, you, you, have, you put your heart in it, 
And so I, I work, you, you never notice every time before I, I teach on Wednesday nights, we pray. And I say, Lord, help us. But help us to receive. Because your receiving makes it, makes it easier for me to minister. But then it gives you something to receive. I mean, so if you come in hungry and you're like, we're going to get something tonight. I think that's the way we ought to come to church. Listen, if you made the effort to come, you might as well get something while you're here. Right? We're not playing church and we're not wasting time. No, no one saw you come in and went, we're going to check that box. That is really good. <laughs> and, and you know, even, I know we honor the Lord with our presence when we come. But what honors him more is what we do while we're here. And so to honor him with our worship and praise, that's good. That's something we can give to him. But then during this time, it's something that we can receive from him. And so you say, well, Alan, you're the one talking. Yeah, but God can use me to talk to you. And if it's his word, listen, you can get things I never said. You can be sitting there and all of a sudden you get something you're like, wow, I never saw that before. I've had people say, and when you said this, I'm like, I never said that. <laughs> but they got something with what measure you use. So that's why a lot of times I encourage you, don't get complacent. Don't get, don't get like ho-hum. God's word's not ho-hum. God's word's good. God's word will absolutely change you. It will change your, listen, we're basing our whole eternity on it. It will change your life here and now. It'll make a difference. Depends on how we hear it. So he said, incline your ear and hear. He said, imply, he said, apply your heart to understanding. That's involved what hearing what we hear, beginning to put it into practice. So in other words, we're not just hearing it and walking out going, well, that was good. I enjoyed that. That was good. That was good. Let's begin to take some things and begin to apply it. Now, I have to do the same thing you do. I have to, I have to apply what I teach. And I've, I've said this over and over again. I know many of you don't believe me when I say it. I have no advantage in doing God's word and putting God's word into practice than you do. That shocks people. They're like, no, no, you're our, you're like a Christian quarterback for us. Yeah, you're awesome. No, I, I, no, my gifting is to oversee and to preach and to teach. But when it comes down to living it, I have no advantage over you. Don't let that bother you. That's good news. Because that means you don't have to be a preacher for this to work. That means it works for anybody who put it into practice. So we, anybody remember what we talked about last week? Please. Please. Anybody. Mercy. Thank you. Free cafe drink for the lady who got, who got it right. Mercy. So did anyone have an opportunity since we talked about that, to put it into practice this week. I did. I had some things that happened to me that I was not too happy about. And some people that did some things to me. I'm like, now, if I'm going to apply my heart, then I have to take what I preached to you and put it into practice in me. So uh, uh, some people did some things. They didn't do me harm 
it was dismissive. It was a little, you would call it, maybe call it being dissed or disres disrespected. And uh, so a lot of times I would think about that and I'd think about it. And I'd roll it around in my head and I'd think, what's not right? I was, I, was, I was starting to do the, I didn't do anything to them. Like Muttley. Anybody remember Muttley? Yeah. I just dated us. We're all okay. But, but here, here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm doing that. And then I thought, this would be a good time for me to show mercy. So I said, Lord, forgive them. Don't lay it to their charge. Well, y'all got quiet. <laughs> Forgive them. Bless them. And when I did that, here's, here's the beautiful thing about that. When I did that, those thoughts left. Because I'll tell you something the enemy will not do. If every time that he brings a, 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 a thought about somebody and you pray to forgive them and for God to bless them, He's not going to bring those thoughts anymore. <laughs> he doesn't want anybody getting blessed. And so we just simply took what we talked about last week, but we began to apply our hearts to it. So to apply it means we listen, and then we begin to think, okay, who can I begin to show mercy to in my life? What can I begin to do in my life to begin to put this into practice? Does that make sense? And so we're applying our heart. So we're not just hearing God's word and going, well, that was good. We're hearing God's word and going, not only is it good, it's good for me and I can begin to practice it. And I like the word practice because practice implies that I'm not going to be perfect at it, but I can get better at it. And so where I want to get, I want to get to the place where someone's unkind or dismissive or does something to me and instead of me thinking about it or pouting about it for a while, immediately I'm like, Lord, forgive them. Don't lay it to their charge. And let's go. Does that make sense? Y'all looking at me like a cow at a new gate. Is this, <laughs> is this, are you with me on this? Would you rather I maybe talk about something else? Good, because I don't have anything else to talk about. But I'm talking about putting it into practice. So we hear it. And then a great question to ask is, Lord, how can I begin to practice this? How can I put this into practice in my life? Because James said, it's the doers of the word, not just the hearers. See, I think sometimes we think if I hear it and 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 hear it, and hear it it's automatically going to change me. No, that's the first step, hearing it. But then we have to begin to put it into practice. How many of you know you can read books about driving a car? You can read the manual. You can take all the film. You can look at, at all the instruction. But you got to get in the car at some point in time and drive it. Would you like to drive with someone who's never driven before? They've only read the manual? <laughs> Say, hey, why don't you ride with me? I've never driven before. Let's go to Dallas. Let's not. <laughs> I want to ride with someone who's done it. Why? So we begin to take it. We begin to put it into practice. Incline our ear. How we listen. But we're listening with the intent to do. We're like, what can I begin to, to add to my life? Remember, we're talking about trusting in the Lord with all our heart. And God's ways 
require us to trust him on it. You know, to forgive somebody, to not hold it against them, that requires trust because no one else is going to back up that. All your friends are like, well, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't put up with that. They said that to me. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I'd do. I will cut them off. That's the way our family handles it. You're done. You are dead to me. I'd never talk to you again, ever, ever. You're dead. And everyone else is like, yeah, that's how we handle it. And you're like, no, I think we ought to forgive them and just pray mercy for them. They're going to look at you like, what planet did you step off of? God's kingdom planet? How about that? How about, how about I'm not going to get an ulcer? <laughs> how about this is a whole lot more peaceful way to live? How, how do you know God's ways are still higher ways? That's still a higher way. Forgive them and, and say, well, Alan, do I... Does that mean I have to trust them? No, we talked about that last week. Forgiving someone and trusting someone is not the same thing. I can forgive you all day long. Does not mean you're gonna, we're going to have lunch. It does not mean I'm going to do business with you again. Forgiveness is given. Trust is earned. Does that make sense? But for your own sake, forgive them and get that off of you. Yeah. Yeah. Not just nod your head. Just humor me by going. <laughs> it, it's, you know, these are things we learn. And the things that often eat at us are the things where if we simply do what God asks us to do, it could bring such peace to our lives. When I just said, Lord, forgive them, bless them, it went away. Isn't that a better way to live? Yeah. Instead of just irritated at everybody all the time. If, if you're always, if, if everyone can offend you and if everyone can upset you, you're going to be unhappy because there's always people out there who are offensive. You could be one of them yourself. They're out there. And so the best, the best defense is a good offense. Lord, forgive them. I've, I forgive them. Have mercy on them, Lord. Don't lay it to their charge. Bless them. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Father, that you forgave us and were good to us. Thank you that your word is so important and that your word changes us and that your word has the ability to absolutely transform our lives. We can live differently because of what you've done in us and your word working in us. Thank you for that. Father, I thank you for every individual here. You love them, care about them, have a wonderful plan for them. And I thank you, Father, realizing that is such an important thing. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. This evening, if you're here or you're watching me online, you say, you know what, Alan, I, I have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life, or I'm not sure if I have or not. I want to be sure. Or maybe you were raised in church, or just you've been in church, you, you knew the Lord, and you walked away from him, and, and you're saying, man, I, I want a relationship. Well, we're going to pray. We're not going to have you stand up or come to the front. If you're watching online, you can pray this with us. But if that's you that I'm talking to tonight, if you're here in the, in the auditorium, you say, Alan, that's me. Would you, one of those situations applies for me. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up just real quick across the auditorium and say, that's me. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate your courage. Great. Thank you. Put your hands down. We're going to pray. Maybe you didn't lift your hand. You wanted to, but... Uh, you can still pray this prayer. We're going to pray it with you. It's a church family. If you're watching online, you can pray this. If you're by yourself, pray it out loud. If you're with someone else, pray it quietly.
we're going to, I'm going to lead you in it. We're going to pray with you as a church family. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Now, Father, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer. For those who have come out of darkness into your marvelous spiritual light, thank you for that. For those that finally have just walked into the light or walked back in. And we're grateful for the love you have for them and the wonderful plans you have for them. We rejoice with them. Ask that you would protect them, strengthen them, that they will fulfill all your plan. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.